Ready, master? No, 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 you're not coming. You stay here. Entreat, master. No. Are they good? No. Live from the set of Terrence Dick's new self-help video, if you're not writing a script today, turn in your union card and get a new job, punk. It's Doctor Who. Podshock. Pod Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 69. Uh, with us today, uh, we have James Norton from um, from the Netherlands, right, James? Hello, indeed. And also with us is Mike Duren. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Mike is fresh off, coming back from Gallifrey 2007, and he'll have um, info on that later on the show. Yeah, looking forward to hearing about it. Man. That's right. Back into the cold from uh, sunny Los Angeles. <laughs> At least you were able to escape it for, albeit only a, a short, brief week, but nonetheless, it was good yeah, to get out there, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll hear more about that from you later on. And Ken, uh, Ken Deep, is unfortunately not with us at the moment. Uh, he may be joining us midway through the show, let's hope. But um, unfortunately, um, schedule conflicts have deemed him to be elsewhere. So uh, he does send his regards. Mm. It's getting harder and harder to get us all together at the same time at the moment. It's a bit, yeah, I uh, think the, a bit mad. The, the forces of, uh, I don't know, the nature is working against us. Dark forces. <laughs> the dark forces. Indeed. So, um, as Ken would say, what do we got for the news? <laughs> well, the big news, I guess, which I found uh, the most interesting over the past um, uh, week, I guess you could say, especially because of uh, the history of Doctor Who in the United States, is uh, now that uh, uh, 40 PBS stations uh, will be airing, or have aired, the uh, Christopher Eccleston series so far. Um, there's a huge list of them. Uh, there's no point in me reading them all out, but all across the US. If you want to see um, the full list, uh, go to gallifrey1.com, click on the news, and it's about uh, halfway down the page. Uh, and the story was uh, came out on the 20th of February. Um, and it says, if you get one or more of the following public TV stations, they have bought into the Christopher Eccleston Doctor Who package, available to stations as early as the 1st of March. Additional stations may have also bought into the package, but they have not yet made themselves known. So there you are. So it's airing all across your PBS stations. Mm -hmm. So I guess people don't really have an excuse anymore if, if people... If there are Doctor Who fans out there who haven't uh, uh, had satellite mm -hmm. or, or cable uh, services, then exactly. I guess this is a great way for them to, well, and, to catch up and see the series. And even if they have had access to uh, satellite or cable, and 
and may have not had the chance to pick up the DVDs, hopefully this is a chance for them to watch the the episodes in a complete form without commercial interruptions and you know yes, hopefully uncut as well. So yeah. um, we're very excited about this. I mean, uh, it, it, it's especially uh, heartwarming for us longtime fans who really um, were nurtured and grew up with Doctor Who watching it on PBS stations. And um, mm-hmm. I'm very excited that um, our old alumni, if you will, WLIW here on uh, Garden City, New York, which is a Long Island station, uh, 21, is um, picking it up as well. They're showing, they're starting on the 7th of March with the episode Rose. Uh, strangely enough, their calendar, which goes to the end of March, isn't showing any other episodes um, for some reason. So perhaps they, they're previewing that episode and they'll have a regular schedule starting in April. That's just my assumption. I've, um, I have contacted them, but I haven't heard word back from them yet. So, um, and, um, and um, Mike, you had mentioned that, our, that the, the big Chicago PBS station has uh, picked it up as well. That's right. Uh, I saw the WTTW, which uh, uh, back in the day, uh, the mid-1980s, I think, was one of the biggest, uh, you know, biggest, most important broadcasters of Doctor Who in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, certainly, I recall hearing about it because of all the big Chicago Doctor Who conventions. And it, uh, it, it kind of that was the nest egg of Doctor Who fandom, and perhaps the U.S. is right there in Chicago because th- that station was spearheading Doctor Who way back when, and um, it, it it sprouted out a lot of local fandom there, and and the what results now is like Chicago Tardis. You know, it was originally back in the '80s there was that big um, on Thanksgiving weekend the big uh, Doctor Who conventions right there in Chicago, and I was there at one year, and it was um, very impressive, and um, and and those outside of the U.S. may be familiar with the station as well, because back in the late 80s, I think 1987, this was the station that was hijacked, <laughs> where their transmissions were hijacked during Doctor Who with um, some um, some prankster, so yeah, you probably have heard about old. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot, of, a lot of talk about that online lately. Clips surface, clip surfacing and people remembering, I guess, because it's been, been nearly 20 years yeah. when, when Max Headroom took over uh, the horror of Fang Rock. Mm. So it's a pretty exciting time. It, you know, it's 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 it'd be nice if they had you know picked up more than just the Christopher Eccleston series. But this is, I mean, it's a great start. They'll continue as well. Once um, we're assuming, once the other packages are being offered to them, if there's enough mm-hmm. um, interest there, they'll pick up the David Tennant's as well when they become available. And, uh, I guess it's a whole new opportunity for you U.S. fans to get on the pledge drives again. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping I don't so. Know if- it anymore, but it's uh, an important piece of uh, Doctor Who history, really, for you guys in the U.S. So. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're ho- uh, I'm not sure if, about WLIW if they still do it in house or not. I know a lot of channels are now um, farming out their pledge drives to a um, like w- you know one studio that kind of just does a generic drive for various PBS stations. But um, it's if, pretty um, crazy that when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, if WLIW like, almost... still does it and will have us back, we'll be back. Um, on, on your small screens as well, you can see yeah, us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be and awesome. of course, uh, a lot of us in Canada also uh, watched a lot of the border stations mm. back in those yeah. days too, and used to drive down to Upper New York State and do the pledge drives as well. And fortunately, I don't see any of those those uh, at least for the, the stations I would have watched from Upper New York State on the list yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that the, they get so many of the, so much of their so many of their members from Canada maybe. Uh, Maybe they're they're a little afraid that they won't get the, the interest, but uh, 
uh, hopefully we'll see WNED or WMP, WMPI on that on that list in the near future. Fair dues, fair dues. So, uh, shall we move on to the next story? One thing that we've been in the dark for a while a bit, um, which we can now reveal, has been reported from TV shows on DVD, is that the New Beginnings DVD box set is being released in North America, so that comprises both the U.S. and Canada, on the 5th of June of this year, Region 1, and we're very excited about that since we've been hearing about it, and it's been released in the UK. I'm not sure about Australia. I think Australia. I'm not sure. But anyway, the, this DVD contains The Keeper of Trocken, Legopolis, and Castro Valver, and obviously it's, uh, these stories cover Tom Baker and uh, Peter Davison's first story, you know, hence the new beginnings of it, you know, the title. You know, it's also yeah. um, the master's new beginning with um, Anthony Anley playing the role. I have to say, I much prefer, I'm sure I've said this before, but I much prefer the U.S. DVD covers to the British ones. I mean, I look at the New Beginnings uh, cover, the, the English version, and I, I don't like it at all, whereas uh, the U.S. version is just so much more simpler and cleaner and a lot nicer, yeah, I think. Um, I remember, I, 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 I'm not looking at it right now, but just from memory, um, seeing the first cover of it, you know, UK version of it, and I, I don't think Tom Baker was clear, and I remember seeing Peter Davison in The Master, and, and I think you have to look harder for Tom Baker in it, and, and in the US version, it's pretty plain and simple, there's Tom Baker, Peter yeah. Davison, and The Master. Just keep it simple, there's no need for, I mean, they, they went for all sorts of technicolors and weirdness, it just didn't work, and I think they're, I mean, to be fair, the um, the, the new newer series uh, DVD have been pretty nice, but I, I've just not been impressed with the, the classic series. They just haven't been... I mean, it just seems so uh, generic, or, you know, they've tried to do too much with it. Just keep it simple, for heaven's sake. That's all you need. But maybe I'm oh. looking too much into it, but I think with Doctor Who fans, it always seems that the covers to things seem to be really important news whenever there's a, a new DVD cover released, or um, I don't know... Uh, a new piece of merchandise they always show the cover for it which seems to get people really excited i don't think that's true of any other uh fandom really that mm. people get so excited just about a dvd cover <laughs> it is sort of a magazine cover. to doctor who fandom i've noticed yeah 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 I'm, i gotta say i'm pretty much the opposite in that i've uh, i've generally preferred the uk covers to the ones we get in the u.s and canada no, uh, so just just to be a contrarian, uh, there's there's uh, some, cow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, so, some of the ones we get here are I think have been better, but um, some of them have been absolutely horrid as well. Mm. I think I think of Resurrection of the Daleks or Carnival of Monsters, just some of the some of the some of the worst examples, and uh, you know maybe I just like the photoshopped look of the of the, of the UK releases, mm -hmm. but what, what's on the disc is more important than the cover yeah, anyway. That's so. yeah. true, of course, of course. But uh, it's a good piece of news, and it's great that they keep uh, churning out the DVDs in the US now. And I'm sure with um, with the uh, newer series becoming more popular, it's inevitable that they will eventually catch up uh, with the UK. And almost there, there may even be simultaneous releases one day. I certainly hope so, because uh, it seems a bit unfair that uh, things are released at different times in different places, and people have to wait for them. So. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be more than happy to, you know, get the same cover artwork and <laughs> just release them at the same Everything time. Everything else, just get it out at the same time, yeah. One reason for that uh, is I was actually in a conversation with uh, some people in the know last weekend. Uh, one reason for the delay, of course, uh, part of it's just marketing and how they, uh, uh, they'll they pick pick and choose different ones. So there's never a steady gap. We've had, I th mm -hmm. think we've only ever had one simultaneous release with, with City of Death. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently the uh, Warner simply has a longer lead up time for when they need the finished product delivered than, than To Entertain has for the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's so that's that's the reason that we for the most part we don't get simultaneous releases. They just they like to have the finished product quicker. Mm -hmm. So we'd have to um, some I think that's the schedule that we need to get synced up. That that everybody's willing to take delivery of the product from the from the restoration team at the same time. At least that's that's the impression that I was given. So yeah. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, would it mean that the UK releases would have to be delayed in order to accomplish that? You know, that, I guess that wouldn't be fair for you know for, for those in the in the UK and elsewhere. That's right. And, and I think what happened with City of Death, it was simultaneous because the original UK release was delayed. Mm. So the uh. so the the, the 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 final authored product was was delivered and ready to go in time for a North American release. Delayed a bit in the UK, and then we ended up with simultaneous. Oh, I see. So there's there's always a reason behind these things, even though it's often not a very exciting one. <laughs> it's often very frustrating. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So well, some sad news. Um, Derek Waring, who played Shardovin, am I pronouncing yeah. that right? And Castor Valva died of cancer uh, on February 20th. He was, um, he was 79 years old. Uh, he was also well known for his roles in Z Cars and Moody and Peg. Ouch. Sorry. Z Cars. Yes. Z Cars. Uh, Definitely. Uh, Sorry to be pedantic. No, no, no. You, you're right. I bow to you. <laughs> Just funny yeah. to hear. Zed cars. Zed cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm such a bad anglophile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, unfortunate we've um, you know lost another another actor that's part of the series, and um, he starred uh, with William Russell in um, in the Adventures of Sir Lancelot. You know who obviously William Russell played Ian Chesterton and uh, one of the original companions in Doctor Who. Yeah, it's always interesting how um, a lot of Doctor Who uh, actors have either worked with other people re uh, related to Doctor Who in, in other parts of their career or other series or things. So um, even today, uh, like at the moment, there's a series called Recovery um, airing on the BBC mm -hmm. tonight um, with David Tennant and uh, Sarah pa uh, Parrish, who uh, played... Um, I can never remember this the, character's name, but the Spider Queen thing in um, oh, yes, The yeah. Runaway Bride. Mm -hmm. They're both in a series together. So it's interesting how things overlap like that. But um, I mean, Waring was quite famous, I guess, in, in Zed Cars because he played uh, Detective Inspector Goss, I think, for three or four years. My um, history around Zed Cars is a bit sketchy because I've only seen little bits of it with it being uh, a little bit before my time. But also things like uh, The Professionals was uh, quite a famous role for him. Uh, uh, Dixon of Doc Green, I think. Uh, Emmerdale, a big British soap, just filmed down the road from where I live, and all sorts of things like that. So, I mean, it's it's 
it's crazy that it's getting to the stage where um, so many uh, of our favourite Doctor Who actors, even if they're in minor supporting roles, are um, passing on. It's uh, terrible. Um, yeah. So I just, just guess it means that we have to all get out there and do our best to uh, interview these guys because um, it's always sad when, when actors pass on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, Castrovalva, when you think about it, that's really not that long ago, really. Um, the turnover, well, it's we just mentioned it earlier in yeah, the box set. And yeah, in the, the beginning's box set. So. Uh, yeah, was he yeah. one of the? Did he do a commentary? I, I probably not. I, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think he's featured in any of the extras. Uh, okay. Uh, extras for the story. Could be wrong. I haven't seen them all yet. No, I, I think you're right. I don't believe so. I, I didn't yeah. think so either. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty fifth anniversary of Castrovalva right now. So. Well, it's another reason uh, to get these, you know, DVDs out, you know, as soon as possible. Is because you know, unfortunately, we're losing people that have been, you know, the show is now forty three years old and forty four this year. I can't keep well, track I, anymore. Yeah, I know they've put some effort uh, into. Uh, getting down on tape some of the people that may not be with us uh, you know, forever. Well, nobody will be with us forever, but uh, for for not as long. And that if you look at Keeper of Trocken that just is on that uh, box set mm-hmm. has a commentary with Anthony Ainley, yeah. who who passed mm-hmm. away a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's been that's been sitting in the can waiting for this release. And uh, you know who knows what else they they might have uh, recorded in advance from. From other people that are no longer with us, uh, that we'll see on future releases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you you breach that to an actor. Like uh, <laughs> we'd like to record yeah, a commentary. It's... This DVD is not planned at any time in the near future, but you know you're getting on in years, and <laughs> we'd like to get this down on tape if you well, can. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I could I could be wrong, but I think there is another Anthony Ainley. Uh, uh, I think you're right. I think there's another Ainley yeah. commentary uh, yeah. waiting for some future release, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, hopefully they. I'm sure that uh, w- when they got around to recording these, they uh, they put it uh, gentler than, yes. uh, than, than <laughs> how I might have suggested it. <laughs> it wasn't um, survival, was it? That you did the commentary on as well. Um, it it could very well be, and that's just out in April in the UK. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check that. But uh, just thinking ahead as to what's coming out, that's um, the only th- other thing I can think of. Anyway. Um, I believe that you have a, a story, mm. uh, Mike, about uh, something to do with Daleks, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Uh, we have a magazine in Canada. It's a youth magazine, the number one youth magazine in the country, uh, called The Magazine, uh, originally enough, is uh, having a Dalek building contest. They've actually given quite amount of, uh, of coverage to Doctor Who since, uh, uh, since it came on, and over the last year they had a Doctor Who cover story for the launch of Series 2. Yeah, I remember uh, that. It shared a cover with Bart Simpson. That's right. And what's what's happening? It's 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 really it's a it's a craft kind of contest. It's for uh, uh, Canadian residents under 18 years of age. So this isn't nobody's expected to build a full size Dalek in their backyard for this. Uh, although I'm sure that if you did, you would win the contest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the website for the magazine is www.themagazine all in one word .ca. And uh, there's a little uh, uh, animated graphic on there that you can click on for the full details. And the prizes, uh, they're going to be four prizes of a Series 2 box set. 
and a grand prize of a remote-controlled Dalek. To enter the contest, you can mail or email them a picture of the Dalek you've built. Uh, it looks like it's uh, pretty, uh, you know, pr pretty simple and, and, and for children, so I won't be uh, you know, taking a picture of uh, any of the Daleks I have around here and sending them in because I'm too old, although I'd love to get, uh, love to get a, another remote-controlled Dalek. Mm. Uh, but can't it, have it's, too it's, many of them. Yeah, oh no, you can't. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I just say it's it's great to see some uh, very mainstream, some more very mainstream coverage of Doctor Who. Not, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Not not a science fiction magazine, just a regular teen magazine. With uh, uh, you look at most of the stuff, other stuff that they cover, it's not necessarily things that would appeal to. Uh, I say I don't want to refer to myself as an older Doctor Who fan because that makes me feel old. But uh, certainly aimed at the teen an market. An experienced Doctor Who fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, the, that's it. That's their latest bit, and hopefully uh, we'll see more from uh, the magazine in future to do with Doctor Who. Mm. I'm sure. I hope so. Um, as you so, say, it's always great. Uh, yeah. If it's promoted by other forms of media. That have traditionally Doctor Who orientated uh, media. Um, so, but speaking of media, media, I was just going to say yeah. that. <laughs> Go well, ahead, James. Great minds think alike. Um, <laughs> well, if, if you've been to our website, of course, podshock.net, um, you'll know probably from searching around in the forums that uh, our good mate Dave, who's always on the ball with mm -hmm. what's going on with Doctor Who on the web, um, has uh, brought to our attention loads of new, uh, uh, I guess, spoiler pictures. Yeah, um, on-location photos. Yeah, from this current week of filming for the third series of, of Doctor Who. Um, they're actually available, I believe, quite a lot of them are available on uh, Freema Adjuman's website. Mm -hmm. um, and also on, on Sky Digital's, uh, uh, sorry, Digital Spy site. Yeah. Um, Slight spoiler, you know, in case you want to know nothing about yeah. the, the, how it ends. But, but it's, it's nice. Uh, it's great to see the whole atmosphere of, of how they're filming because they're, they're all laughing and joking, yeah. obviously. Mm -hmm. And they look to be absolutely freezing because they're all wearing these massive, great big uh, puffer jackets and things. But, uh, yeah, jackets over jackets. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So it must have been pretty, pretty darn cold when they were, f when they were filming. Um, but in any case, I thought it was kind of cool and interesting to see uh, how things uh, are going down. And, uh, and remember, they, vote they're Saxon. They're all over the web right now. <laughs> Sorry? I said, remember, vote Saxon. Exactly. There's loads of uh, <laughs> pictures like that. And, of course, Taras, our good mate, uh, regular Podshot contributor, has uh, cottoned onto this in the forums and has changed his, uh, his little... Uh, his slogan, picture, yeah. yeah, avatar thing. So eat more chips is it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's replaced by vote Saxon. I know he had that for quite a while as yes. well. The eat mm. more chips thing. But uh, anyway, I just thought I'd make mention of it because I thought it was really interesting and cool. If you go to um, podshock.net, uh, click on the forum, and it's in uh, the David Tennant era. Uh, there's loads of the, the photos. Uh, on our forum and with links and loads yeah, of links to um, I, I think I'm not sure if they appeared in the Sun or they appeared in um, some other publications. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, there's even people's pictures on um, Flickr sites and mm -hmm. uh, SFX, which is a popular 
Uh, oh, it was a Digital Spy, magazine. I think, maybe. Uh, yeah, Digital Spy originally, I yeah. think, where they're popping yeah, up all over the place now. So, um, yeah. I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it is. Check it out. Indeed. So, um, so, Mike, you wanted to make some mentions about um, Canadian broadcasting and what they're doing um, in terms of Doctor Who as of recent. That's right. Um, we just had the CBC finally wrapped up Series 2 last week uh, with Doomsday. Uh, but Doctor Who is still on every day in Canada, if, if you get the right channels. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, CBC is currently rerunning uh, Series 1 on Friday nights. That would be the f their fourth network run uh, through uh, the Christopher Eccleston episodes. And that's on every Friday, sort of Friday night, midnight, 12.30. It varies a bit depending what's on before. Mm -hmm. uh, pl plus, and I've got some good news, the, uh, the, the BBC Kids uh, repeats of uh, the classic series, the old series, continue uh, every, every day, uh, both on the weekend uh, with sort of omnibus editions as well as weeknights for an hour each night. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe it's right now, I think we're at, uh, just going into Sylvester McCoy on the weeknights and John Pertwee on the weekends. Uh, but BBC Kids, as well as BBC Canada, have now moved uh, lower on the t on the cable tier, so that if you have a digital box, as I understand, if you have the basic digital package, you now get the the BBC channels included. You don't have to subscribe specifically right. or to a more expensive package anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think on my cable dial, BBC Kids went from something like channel 286 to channel around around 100. Uh, hopefully, I think we're going to have a lot more people stumbling across. Uh, Doctor Who every night at 10 o'clock. That's 10 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific, and uh, whatever, however that works out in the rest of the time zones. Mm -hmm. uh, although it, it will be preempted um, for the week of uh, the 12th to 16th of March. I think that's the, the major March break week, and they have some special programming on. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, overall, it's still, still good news. Uh, uh, Doctor Who continuing running in prime time every night. And uh, just to uh, give a quick mention that uh, also this week, if you get BBC Canada, which is easier to get now, uh, the new series of Life on Mars, I know you guys were talking a bit about Life on Mars last week. Mm -hmm. uh, I just remembered, kicks off on, is on February 28th, will be the first episode. I'm not sure what the rerun schedule is. Oh, that's so brilliant. I think that, that puts us about three weeks behind the UK for Life on Mars. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when it's ever going to get to uh, BBC America here. It's, um, I guess it probably, if it's anything like last year, it'll be towards the end of the year. Yeah. And as a bonus, uh, Life on Mars is running. It, it has commercials, but it's running in a long time slot. I think it's a seventy or eighty minute time slot. So you get the complete so episodes, not the complete down. unedited episodes. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to, to that this week. Yeah. I still haven't caught um, this the second series yet. I'm anxious to see it, you know. I'm anxious to see it myself. Well, the, the, it's uh, for good things, and definitely BBC Kids, BBC Canada, res responding to the wishes of the viewers. They wanted, <laughs> they want stuff quicker. They want it unedited, and uh, and we're getting it. So, so it's, it's nice no to have channels about, that listen. Still no word about Torchwood though in the in no. Canada. No, Tort yet yeah, as uh, as you've mentioned before, CBC is a co-producer on Torchwood. They're there in the credits every week. Um, they have no official word on when it's going to happen. It, it, I can tell you that it won't happen until I can't imagine it happening until June, uh, because uh, um, early mid-April the hockey playoffs start, and nothing starts on CBC if hockey's on. So uh, probably I, I'm expecting either a summer run of uh, of Torchwood or that they will hold it until the autumn. Um, 
that would mean running it alongside Series 3 of Doctor Who, though, which might be a bit weird, so well, we'll see. Let's uh, probably, I'm thinking, or we're debating some of the different time slots it might run in, but I'm thinking, my guess, late June for Torchwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer series, probably a later night time slot, although there's, there's, there's really nothing in Torchwood that would prevent the CBC from airing it earlier at night. I, I just don't think they would. Mm-hmm. But it is, there's, not, there's no content, I think, that goes against any of the broadcast regulations. So. But this all brings into question, to my mind as well, is that uh, also here in, well, in the UK, um, it's right around the corner from when Doctor Who will be on, because uh, I think it's been every, in, in everybody's mind, certainly March uh, will be the uh, release month. Um, and I guess everybody at the moment is kind of saying uh, uh, the 24th seems like a, a good date. So uh, any time around there, hopefully we should have uh, a new series out. And I'll be yeah. watching it every week. Thankfully, mm-hmm. here in the Netherlands, I do have the BBC. So hopefully we'll get a new trailer watch. soon, too. Yeah, well, that, this is what I'm thinking, because um, they usually do it about three weeks to a month before they start releasing trailers. And if not then, then certainly about two weeks before. Mm-hmm. So we're about a month away. Um, so it won't be long, I hope, before we have the new trailers. And I'm really excited about it. It's going to be absolutely awesome. I know it is. Um, it's probably different because, of course, we have a, a new companion now, just as things were different with David Tennant. But uh, still a terrific series, I'm sure. I just can't believe how quickly the time is going. It feels like we just, you know, wrapped up, you know, series two, and (laughs) it feels like, you know, the time is just whizzing by. Well, I guess that's quite clever of the BBC in a way, because um, of the way that the DVDs are released, um, because the DVDs are sort of released sort of halfway between uh, the series ending and the new series starting, so... Mm -hmm. That kind of, I guess, fills the fans in for a while. And yeah, it gives you a chance to kind of recap and, you know, yeah. review. I, I have to say, uh, speaking of which, I, I've been uh, enjoying the, the, the Series 2 DVD box set very much so. And, um, you know, and I may well talk more about this later um, when all of us are here together, because I would like to get Ken's reaction on it too. But it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah of think- course. Sorry, I think the Christmas specials also fill that gap pretty well uh, between the different series. That makes you you feel like, uh, as well as the DVD, each, every year you get a DVD, and then uh, and then a Christmas special, so that you're never more than five months or four four and a half months without new Doctor Who. And this year we had Torchwood, you know, as well to kind of yeah. bridge the gap. So to make Torchwood well. there to make you wish Doctor Who was back on TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we didn't say, that. We didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's quite right. That's quite all right. <laughs> we'll let our listeners uh, view into that what they will. Take yeah. <laughs> but I, say I, also, I also love the fact that uh, each year the BBC is getting better with uh, keeping keeping the new series under wraps so that... Uh, two years ago, uh, one year ago, I know even less about Series 3 than I knew about Series 1 or 2, just through, even if you try and avoid spoilers, through osmosis, you you pick the stuff up. If you if you interact with fans anywhere online, yeah, you can't help yeah. but hear a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's been less this year than than probably the, you know, certainly than of any year so far, mm-hmm. I think. The, 
I it's, guess it's quite difficult. Thing. You know, it's a mammoth job that they would have to keep everything under wraps, you know, because of, um, you know, all the people involved in this. I mean, even the end credits of the show, it's only still just a fraction of everyone that's involved in the show. Yeah. And um, so it's it's a mammoth um, task just to keep everything under, you know, under wraps. You know, you, they, I mean, they, they list the mill and then you have everyone that works at the mill as well. So mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. it's pretty incredible when you think about it. There's so many episodes we don't know anything about what's what's going on with them, or we just know a little bit. And a lot of the episodes we don't even have titles for yet, and uh, yeah, that, that, we still have true. surprises to yeah. come. Ep- episode three we don't have a title for. That's mm. you know, and, and you know that's uh, that's airing quite soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got to assume that within uh, within probably seven weeks we'll have seen episode three. That's mm. true. Mm. So that's uh, that's uh, that's nice. I like that. Well, I know I, I, you know, I like to be surprised as well. Though, you know, doing a podcast on Doctor Who makes it very <laughs> difficult sometimes to keep that, um, keep the surprises, you know, in hat. But it's, um, it's always good when, when you're watching something or listening to something and you get something, and you also you have a revelation and like, wow, that's didn't see that coming. It's always a treat. Yeah, there's there's some things. It's cast. I think casting you can never keep completely secret because if somebody gets cast in a particular part. Well, you know they're they're not available to work elsewhere, and you know, it's known that they're yeah. working on the show. Yeah. So that, but uh, in terms of just what everything else. Well, as evidence we with with a certain John Sim from um, from Life on Mars, as we've been discussing, you know, I'm not going to reveal anything. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just about to say that seems to be the biggest thing that is. I don't know whether you could call it a leak or whatever, but um, if it is true. I mean, I don't think we should talk about it because we've we've mentioned it before. But if it is true, then I guess that's the single biggest and only real thing that's kind of come out um, from the the woodwork as being about the the next series. But even then, it's it seems to me to be almost speculative because yeah. uh, no one has real concrete information. Everybody's just kind of uh, guessing. Um, and and that sort of reminds me. Um, I think we 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 were missed, and we didn't cover this. That um, that Hugh Grant has been um, supposedly has been cast in the new series as playing, yeah, absolutely uh, uh, playing a baddie. And it's interesting because well, he, yeah, I was just going to say it's interesting because he was originally um, well, in a way, he played the Doctor himself, and he was in in um, what was it that 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 Children in Need. Um, Curse was, of Fatal Death. Thank you. I always forget the title of that. <laughs> yeah, comic, I think it was Comic, comic Relief. Yes, yeah. uh, Comic Relief. So, uh, And then he was, uh, supposedly he was uh, considered uh, for uh, the Ninth Doctor, I believe. And um, yes. obviously th- yeah. th- that did not turn out to be the case. And, and he's back um, in the next series, supposedly. You know, well, I think he it mentioned that... Um... He may appear. I don't think it's concrete that he's going to be appearing in the current series, but who knows with the way that things are going at the moment, with the BBC being so tight-lipped, it could indeed be, be very true. Um, so this is more of a rumor than an, anything official. Well, we, we should stamp it as such. Yeah, it's it's he's quoted as saying, "I'm in talks about a one-off role. I'd mm-hmm. prefer to be a baddie. They're always so much more fun to play." So. Those are his exact words. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he, he will have a role, but whether it'll be in this coming series or not, I don't know. And uh, Because I, I guess if, if the BBC is so tight-lipped about letting out secrets and even letting out casting that uh, uh, Hugh Grant's quite a, a, um, 
famous British actor, I guess. And yeah, I think it's a, a major name across the world. Yeah, certainly in America. So I think they'll, if it was true, they would want to keep quite tight-lipped about it to keep the air of excitement just mm. when you realize who that is. And I think they did, they did it kind of last series with um, Anthony Stewart Head, of course, um, playing Mr. Finch, the, mm. uh, the, the headmaster the bad guy. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. so, um, kind of, he's kind of a very big named guy in America because of Buffy and stuff. So... Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I guess it is sort of a rumor, but we shall see. It'll be interesting because I think he would play quite a good baddie. Would uh, make a, a change from his uh, bumbling yeah. kind of roles in romantic comedies or whatever, uh -huh. which seems to be all he ever plays these days. So anyway, all right. Yeah, well, I think that wraps it up. Bring uh, our back there because I would have forgotten about that story, Lewis. Yeah, I was just, um, you know, we were just talking about it, which reminded me of it, about uh, guest, you know, keeping under wraps guest, you know, performers on this series. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk to Mike Moore about his experiences at Gallifrey 2007, this year's uh, big Gallifrey convention, the 18th Amendment of Gallifrey 1. We're excited to hear from what he has to say, and so we'll be right back after... These short messages. This is Colin Baker, your favorite doctor, and you are listening to Podshock, presented by Outpost Gallifrey, and you know how good they are. They're wonderful. Red Rocket Rising. Funny name for a planet. I've heard funnier. Go on then, make us laugh. I've seen the old records. The stories about this sector of space dating back to the days of the pioneers. We've forgotten so much. We felt safe here in our quiet corner of the universe. I was there at their birth. I fought against them in countless wars, seen their legacy in the burial pits of a hundred worlds. Now that's what I call a spaceship. <gasps> Proper saucer shape and everything. The Doctor is an enemy of the Daleks. You are an ally of the Daleks. It is your duty to surrender the Doctor to us. You have asked for help. In return, we expect your cooperation. Classic Doctor Who. Brand new adventures. Available now from Big Finish. www.doctorwho.co.uk Silence, humans! Begin feature presentation! Obey! 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 Okay, and we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. So as ever, we're really privileged to have uh, the fantastic Mr. Mike Duran from Upway in Canada. And uh, he went to uh, Gallifrey One this year, as we've mentioned, and he's going to give us a kind of a brief 
report and just uh, analysis of how, of how the convention went and uh, uh, he had a good time. So, uh, yeah, Mike, please do tell us about uh, what the 18th Amendment was like. Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, it's uh, had a did right off the bat. So I had a great time in Los Angeles this year. I, I go back; it's my seventh in a row uh, flying down to Los Angeles for the convention. So wow. they, they must be doing something right mm-hmm. if they get mm-hmm. they get um, uh, myself and the group of friends I go with. We're there every single year. It's uh, first thing I got to say is it's just the the most incredibly well organized convention. Uh, conventions, almost uh, anybody that's been to one. Certainly, I've run enough of them to know. I'm almost not supposed to be that organized, where almost everything starts on time and where it's supposed to be. And, and with just a few exceptions, uh, they, uh, almost military precision, Gallifrey seems to be executed, and, and you get through the weekend. Uh, so much going on that if they ever, uh, I think if they ever fell behind, they wouldn't catch back up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an interesting list of guests this year. Uh, certainly, we had Colin Baker there, uh, and it was I've seen Colin Baker at many conventions over the last two decades, and uh, this is the most enthusiastic I've seen him in a long time. Uh, the, the last weekend, mm-hmm. yeah, um, he's always a great convention guest. I have to say that. Yeah, he's he, he is great, and it's uh, I think that uh, during the during the lean years, maybe. Uh, you know, you tell the same old stories, but with uh, once you get up, you have the big finish. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm for new Doctor Who by the old Doctor Who actors, mm-hmm. and and it's quite interesting that uh, during a panel, you'll you'll hear that uh, you'll hear actors that were in Doctor Who 20, 30, 40 years ago make reference to individual episodes of the new series in a way that they they probably can't always make individual you know, reference to their own individual episodes. Yeah. Uh, but everybody seems to be on board with the new series, and so so Colin was Colin was a, a exciting guest. Uh, uh, Caroline John and Jeffrey Beavers, that's uh, Liz Shaw and uh, her husband, who's Jeffrey Beavers, uh, who played the Master and Keeper of Traken, and and also had a, a smaller part in the Ambassadors of Death as a, a, a unit uh, soldier who whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, they're they're also always always exciting guests, and they've never been to Gallifrey before, so that was a treat for the people who uh, hadn't been to Gallifrey uh, at all. Uh, sorry, have only been to Gallifrey over the years. Yeah. And I think uh, I, I think it's only Jeffrey Beaver's second ever convention in North America. I could be wrong. I saw him once in Chicago about ten years ago, but uh, I haven't seen him since. I've seen him in the UK, mm-hmm. and uh, they're great. But I have to say that. Uh, the, the top actor guest for me at this convention had to be Eric Roberts. Yeah. Wow. Who, uh, it, it, it's, it's not meant as a sign of disrespect to any of the great British actors that come over. It's not that uh, Eric Roberts is a better actor, but there's just somehow sort of a, a Hollywood feel to Eric Roberts that you don't get you know, from the actors that maybe you're going to stand in the bar that night and have a beer with. Um, I mean, he's not one that was uh, to be expected to be at a Doctor Who convention. I mean, even once, um, I think Ken made a slight at, you know, against him saying that you would never see him at a Doctor Who uh, convention. Here he is. So it's it's a rare occurrence. Yeah, and it's it's his first ever Doctor Who convention. He had, in my opinion, the most interesting panel of the entire weekend. Uh, He did just about an hour on stage, uh, Gary Russell from uh, formerly of Big Finish, now of Doctor Who. Uh, mm-hmm. interviewing him, and uh, just touched on Doctor Who a bit. Um, 
we're just asking him all sorts of stuff about his career and lots of people in the crowd had questions about individual films and and tv series a lot of excitement over the fact that he's uh he's going to be on heroes upcoming yeah that's in, right in, in fact the, the the preview for the next episode of heroes has uh, has eric roberts and christopher eccleston in it so you've got the doctor and the master on heroes uh, that's going to be on uh, tomorrow night in north america and yeah he was just he was a really nice guy and i don't uh, i don't do autographs much anymore i did when i was younger not not really a patient man for standing around in line but after his panel i saw a friend of mine uh, the, the eric roberts line was really short in the dealer's room so i jumped in the line and i got uh i said jumped in at the back of the line don't make it sound like i jumped in at the front of the line uh, <laughs> i wouldn't be in. standing in one piece today if you did <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and and went through and uh, he was friendly and he shook everybody's hand asked everybody's name it wasn't the you know get people that have signed a lot of autographs over the years it can't help but become a mechanical process to mm -hmm. to sign your name you know a thousand times two thousand times uh eric wasn't like that at all he was really friendly talked to, it was a slow moving line because he he asked everybody a question he recommended a restaurant in toronto that i should try out he even knew the the owner of the restaurant Huh. Uh, so, so that was pretty cool. I just, I was very excited uh, to meet him, and I, and I didn't think I would be going to the convention. I thought, well, obviously, I want to see his panel because yeah. I've never seen him, seen him at a convention before. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we're going to see him at a convention again. And I, I suspect the biggest thing with with Eric is going to be time. He's a guy that you got to figure that if he's going to go out of town to make, uh, sorry, to do a convention, he could probably make two or three movies in that weekend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're know, you not going to uh, be able to, to, pay, you know, to, to pay for his time to bring him in, whereas L.A., they can bring him into the hotel for three, four hours on a, on a day he has off. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Because the, I don't know if there are as many actors that work as much as Eric Roberts does. I think he has something like 150 movies to his yeah, name. He's uh, very prolific, yeah. No, and he said he said on stage that uh, the he'll do any project as long as there's one good thing about it, and he might have to search for that one good thing sometimes. Uh, but if if there's one one person in the movie that he likes, if there's uh, you know if there's if he likes the location, if he likes uh, the director, he just has to like one thing. And uh, if you, any movie you can name, he can tell you the one thing that he liked that you know, gotten that project. And, uh, and I don't think he'd be shy to say sometimes it might even be the, how much the paycheck is. Yeah. That could be the one good thing about that movie. What and, was uh, the good thing that he mentioned about, uh, doing the Doctor Who film? Or? That was, he, when they first asked him, he said no, but then uh, a lot of his friends told him he should do it. British friends. I think I'm trying to remember if it was, I think he did go to RADA. Uh, back in the 70s, so he has a lot of uh, British friends, uh, British actors, and when he mentioned to them that he had turned down Doctor Who, they told him, you know, you're a fool, you should have taken it, you should do it. So when the, they asked him again, or when he, he went back to them, and he said, yeah, I'll do it. So there the good thing was that connection back to uh, to his friends. Mm -hmm. He says that he, uh, you know, I've heard him say in interviews before that he recalls Doctor Who, or he recalled Doctor Who from the 70s when he lived in the UK. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the there there's the there's the good thing there it's something to satisfy his friends and uh that's uh you know it's an honest answer mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that's Definitely. uh he's he's a he was a very uh very forthright uh, for all the questions he was asked and uh you know the sort of sort of uh persona persona or sort of uh, attitude that might be uh misconstrued 
uh, as as being overly negative at times. And I know that some of the some of the interviews he did ten years ago had that feel. Uh, I found him very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I, I can't say enough uh, rave reviews for Eric Roberts. Mm-hmm. It's a shame Ken's not here because I think he'd find that uh, very interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To say the least, because I know Ken isn't, uh, uh, well, I think we all know, uh, especially uh, long-time listeners to Doctor Who Podshock, that Ken isn't the most, uh, the biggest fan of, of Eric Roberts. Uh, well, I, I think maybe in, in Ken's defense, um, I'm not sure if he's anti-Eric Roberts as he that's was true. the casting I think he's, of yeah, Eric Roberts. anti-Eric as Roberts as the master, yeah, I guess. I, yeah. I, yeah, and they, they didn't get... True. They didn't get too uh, deeply in depth on Doctor Who, uh, as as it is. It's it's it was a pretty quick project that he did, and it's uh, over ten yeah, you know, years yeah. ago that he did it. Exactly. I mean, I think he was there for a matter of a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. up in Vancouver shooting. So mm-hmm. he's going to have a limited amount of memories. I know that the, some of the stuff that's in the the Regenerations book that Gary Russell wrote a number of years ago, mm-hmm. even though it was Gary Russell doing the interview, might be a little. Uh, I don't know, uh, provocative to ask on stage at a convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview <laughs> Some of the things that Phil Siegel had to say about Eric Roberts, uh, Phil Siegel being the executive producer, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you don't want to get too onto on stage. You want a, a lighter atmosphere than sure. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he had nothing bad to say about anybody and uh, you know, seemed overly positive about it. You know, and, uh, and, and, and indeed anything else he might do. And he saved his costume from it, so now every time he makes appearances, you can see him in the, bil- in the full Gallifreyan war- <laughs> robe. I'm only kidding. <laughs> there was mention of that. There wasn't. There wasn't any mention of the the, the original master's costume, not the Gallifreyan one, but the other one that uh, that they made. And apparently, he didn't want to wear, and ended up. Uh, I think in the movie, for most of it, he wore more or less his own clothes, other than that Gallifreyan costume. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want to get too hung up on Eric Roberts, but you can tell that I was uh, really impressed with him as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were other guests there. Uh, not, uh, jo- not that I got to see as much of them. Uh, John Levine, uh, Sergeant Benton, mm-hmm. uh, from the unit days, was, uh, was at Gallifrey for the first time in quite a few years. Uh, he was sponsored uh, by the 10th Planet store and uh, embarking to attend the convention and to get the 10th Planet uh, or at Gallifrey every year with a, with a big spread. And uh, Terry Malloy, who's the, the I guess the the final Davros or the the continuing Davros, because mm-hmm. uh, he's done uh, so many big Finnish audios now as Davros. Certainly did uh, a few stories on television. Uh, he's really uh, uh, taken Davros to heart, and mm-hmm. he was there as well. And I think that, uh, along with Maggie Stables from Big Finish, kind of rounds out the uh, the actor guests they had at the convention. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like an exciting convention. I really wish I was there. I, I've never met. Um, well, with an exception of Colin Baker and and um, and, and John Levine, uh, a lot of them I, I haven't met before, you know. So I would like to have seen Caroline John and, um, and yeah, and as you said, Eric Roberts as well. So it's um it's an interesting mm-hmm. lineup. Yeah, and uh, definitely definitely a good a good mix of actors. I like. Uh, I'm not so so interested in when conventions have themes uh, where they have a whole bunch of people uh, from the same era of the show. And I think at one point they were going to have, uh, Nicola Bryant and Terry Malloy and Colin Baker. It's going to be a very Colin Baker, uh, sort of six doctor mm-hmm. era centric. I like more to celebrate the, the entire old entire series, series and get yeah. people from different eras and, and Caroline, John, Eric Roberts, Jeffrey Beavers being added sort of later in the day, mm-hmm. uh, gave it that feel of, of all sorts of different, uh, 
different parts of the show. Yeah. Because uh, because with the new show on and with it so tough, uh, I guess the the one complaint uh, you might you hear a lot about about conventions, and I share it myself uh, these days, is the lack of new series guests. And yeah. it's 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 not the fault of the convention organizers. The the big uh, the big actors from the new series are you know con- contractually are not yeah. allowed to do They're the conventions. Allowed. Yeah. And uh, so then there's 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 fairly uh, fairly limited pool of people to go to after that. Certainly they they had uh, Noel Clark last year who was a fantastic guest. Uh, mm-hmm. No, by no means is he limited in his quality as a guest. But uh, there's there's only so many Noel Clarks and there's only so many conventions out there that he can do or. Uh, I think Camille Kaduri has done a couple, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie. Uh, so beyond Jackie and Mickey, there aren't really regulars. Uh, there's the you're then getting into the territory of actors who have done one episode or two episodes, and uh, it's 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 a big deal. Yeah. I guess uh, in in the UK, it's a little easier to bring somebody in uh, to bring in an Eric Potts or a, uh, is it Eugene, Eugene Washington? Washington. Yeah, yeah, and those guys are great. Or uh, I'm trying to think, uh, certainly Eve Miles way back, I saw it at, at a convention in Wales. It's great to be able to bring them in for a day or two, but you got to fly them, fly them from the UK to Los Angeles. Uh, you you got to make them the centerpiece of your convention, and I think it gets a bit tougher then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Too, because then they, then they got to take a week out of their schedule yeah. to come over and do it. Yeah. How, how was the, the the makeup of the fans themselves? Do, um, was do you feel that it was mostly um, Doctor Who fans that were you know fans of the entire series, or did you see maybe some new fans that just came on board? Um, with the new series or with a convention of this type, maybe the only kind of draws, you know, long-time fans. Um. Gallifrey has an interesting makeup of fans. There's almost, I'm trying to think, three or four groups that you could divide people into. There's certainly the largest group of people are very much old TV series fans, most of whom have embraced the new TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the largest group. And and over the years of Gallifrey, when I started going to Gallifrey, the Big Finish audios were fairly new, and the, the books had been running for a while. And certainly that that centerpiece of fans well, didn't really follow the audios that closely. weren't really interested in the books. Were very much were there for for Peter Davison or Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy or whoever the whoever the actors. Although I'm not sure that I've seen Sylvester McCoy at Gallifrey, but you know, sort of the they're there for the, for the actors. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people are, of course. Uh, also fans of the new series. There are a few new series-only fans at the convention. And, and I know that uh, one panel that I was on, uh, one of the fan panels, we did a show of hands. We were doing a, it was a panel, a fairly full room on Doctor Who fandom. We asked, who's a fan of only new Doctor Who? And out of you know, 40, 50 people, one person put up their hand. Mm-hmm. So they exist, but they're not really, uh, they don't seem to really be incorporating into... Um, into the, the sort of the mainstream or old-time fandom events. Well, clubs. it goes to the point you were just making before, is that it's hard to get new series uh, principal actors at conventions. Yeah. So maybe if that was the case, maybe if there was a Christopher Eccleston, you know, <laughs> I can dream, yeah. So if yeah, he was you there, dream. you know, maybe you might get an influx of new fans that aren't familiar with the old, you know, classic series, yeah. if you will. Maybe. I think uh, we, had a, we had a nearly an hour discussion about this at that panel. I tend to lean towards the idea that the the true new fans, the 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 people that will be the new Doctor Who fandom, they're younger, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a few years for their interest to get it to the point that that they're going to be doing this sort of thing. Even if 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 mm-hmm. the bigger actors were around, 
I think that we're very much seeing, for the most part, older fans taking on board more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the new fandom is going to be uh, grow a little more organically. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of the people we see are people who their new do- the new fans we see they're they may be a Firefly fan or a Buffy fan or, or a fan of whatever, mm-hmm. and they have friends who are in common with Doctor Who, and now they're coming out to the Doctor Who convention, as opposed to Doctor Who being their sort of that first big thing for them. Yeah. So I think it's going to take some time, and I think that we may see them develop in their own their own stream. Of course. Uh, we, you know, Podshock has new fans, and and uh, Doctor Information Network has new fans, and Gallifrey has new fans. But I don't think they're ever going to become the the majority. I think we're going to see different uh, different events and things mm. g- growing up. That's that's just my sort of editorial opinion on it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think you have a good point there. I mean, eventually yeah, the, they'll, they'll grow into, uh, you know, watchers. They'll grow. They'll they'll catch up with older. I mean, many times we'll get feedback questions asking. I just you know picked up. I just became a fan of the new series, and now I'm interested in the, the classic series. What what do you recommend as far as episodes or doctors or whatnot? And um, yeah. you know, so slowly they'll become fans of the entire series. Yeah. Well, we, we we had a bit of an argument about that even because I uh, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not so much in the evangelical corner uh, uh, with fandom. I think that if if people like the new Doctor Who, just the new Doctor Who, that's cool too. And yeah, uh, it, it 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 creates an interesting. Uh, uh, sort of dichotomy at, at a lot of the panels, the way we, uh, the old time fans, the way we talk about the old series, almost in shorthand. If you know, if you mention a doc, we we talk about Doctor Who by season number. Yeah, which yeah, to we somebody just who's kind of assume that everyone knows what we're yeah. talking about when. And, that's not the case always. Yeah, and I've learned a convention up here in Toronto that uh, a lot <laughs> sometimes half the crowd doesn't necessarily know what you're talking about. So yeah. yes, but, yeah. Certainly for the new series, there was there was still a good presence for the new series because we did have three uh, new series writers at the convention uh, in the form of Stephen Moffat, Tom McRae, and Paul Cornell. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve, great to see Stephen Moffat back from next year, which was uh, which was I think his second ever convention. And Paul Cornell's been going to Gallifrey longer than I have. He's there every year. Uh, you know, if he's yeah. not there as a guest, he's there as a fan. Mm-hmm. And as and adding in Tom McRae this year, Rob Shearman unfortunately had to cancel at the last minute. As did James Strong, the director, who mm-hmm. had to cancel at the last minute. Oh, and, and Mike Tucker, I should mention, is a, a visual effects uh, artist who's yeah. worked on uh, series one and series two. So the, the new series was uh, well represented, but on a more uh, sort of more technical level yeah. than uh, maybe less of a you know. You, you get a different feeling in the room with with actors uh, than with writers. Personally, I'm more of a fan of seeing writers and, and technical people because I think that most of the time they tend to be more interesting and have more you know more good behind the scenes information on the show. Yeah, uh, and and Absolutely. you know they've they've spent a lot more time. Paul Cornell has spent a lot more time with his script than Christopher Eccleston did. Oh, sure, uh, for yeah. example, mm-hmm. and uh, or or certainly any any of the other writers and and they're. Great fans. And I got to mention that uh, uh, Paul Cornell. Every time I saw him, had mentioned what a great fan of Podshock he is. Oh, well, that so feels uh, neutral. Uh, so he, he made, made sure that I did not go home without knowing that uh, <laughs> that he's a he's a big fan mm-hmm. and he listens to the show. Strange. And yeah. I did do interviews with uh, with Tom, Stephen, and Paul uh, that uh, still need to be edited together and uh, will be on a future Podshock, hopefully. Uh, yeah, we're looking talk- forward to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, Talk to Tom about his episodes, and as well as Stephen Paul. Uh, Paul's keeping his episodes for the series three under under wraps, uh, understandably. But we mm-hmm. talked uh, about his uh, latest big finish project. 
one one juicy piece of information we did get on stage, uh, both Tom McRae and Stephen Moffat revealed that they're, they're writing for Series 4, should it be commissioned. We put that in quotes, should it yeah. be commissioned, because yeah. who, who can imagine that it wouldn't be commissioned. But they need to be uh, prepared in case there is. Yeah, you know, that's right. We assume that it's going to be, but... So both both those gentlemen said uh, on stage, live on stage. No, uh, <laughs> so I think it's fair to repeat it uh, that they that they've got scripts in the works uh, uh, for two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I mean, we were already reported that Russell T Davies had outlined um, what he wants to do in series uh, four. So I mean, even though it hasn't been commissioned yet, you have to be prepared, and so that when it is commissioned, you're all set for it. Yeah, absolutely. When you hear them talk about the previous series, when they first, uh, you know, the Russell was talking to people in 2003 about their scripts for the 2005 series, so you know something's got to be going on behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have time to put all the scripts together if, uh, if it was just from when the announcement came. Yeah, especially mm. now with the workload, you know, especially with Russell T. Davies, you know, um, working with Torchwood and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sh- he has, I'm sure, some hand in the Sarah Jane adventures and you know, so his time is um is limited. So it's, it's yeah. he has to work in advance. Yeah, I mean the turnover time between series is incredibly short when you think about it. When you think about the the sheer volume of work that goes on, uh, I mean they only do they only film for nine months, and then the show is what broadcast for you know over a, a three month period or something like that. So really, yeah. it's only a short turnover time. Um, as soon as they finished one series, I think they have they have to have had all the scripts ready for the next one, or you know certainly a, a, a large number of them. So it's it, they kind of locked into this perpetual cycle for the time being, as long as they want to keep doing Doctor Who and and the fans want Doctor Who. I think this will be the case. They, they it's just amazing to me how organised the production team are to, to kind of logistically do all this sort of stuff because uh, you know they're still filming even when the first episode is shown I think and, and certainly doing all the um, post-production on, on episodes and things so yeah and they're really, really tight yeah and I think last year they were they started shooting uh, the the runaway bride well before doomsday even aired so it's, yes, exactly. It just overlaps on both ends. So, well, well, we're watching Doctor Who is the, their only chance for a holiday, and and mm. we already know that David Tennant made another uh, TV program in that time last last year mm. the, the, with the recovery. So he's not uh, he's not taking much time off. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I, I remember thinking how interesting it was when I interviewed Murray Gold, and he was doing the music for like next week's episode he was only just finished it and was sending it off so you know he had only finished the music with about a week maybe a week and a half to go for then the the current episode to be aired so that's even that gives you an idea of how tight things are in terms of time so you know it is pretty crazy yeah absolutely um uh Back on Gallifrey, I do want to mention that there was a whole, there are a whole bunch of other writer guests uh, that I, that I'm not going to, I'm not going to list off just to, uh, to just list off all the names. But there's there's a whole bunch of writers from uh, the books and the audios and, and people connected to that the, to that stuff, as well as Gary Russell who was there and and. As a convention, when you bring in those guys, 
it really uh, there's a lot of other smaller fan panels going on as well as some of the panels on the main stage uh, they add a lot of texture to the convention Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to make sure I, I didn't forget to mention those names. That's why I'm sort of changing the topic a bit. But uh, I want to make sure not to get away letting people know how, how great it is that we have all these uh, all these other uh, these smaller names, not not names that everybody will know. But certainly, uh, if if you've ever been a fan of the the Virgin or BBC books or or the Big Finish audios, uh, having those people on on certainly on the fan panels and and occasionally on main stage really adds a lot to the convention. So there's mm -hmm. the it's it's almost like at times there's 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 whether well, it's not almost it's it's a fact that there are two tracks of programming going on. There's the the main stage, uh, which is mostly actors, and then there's the fan panel uh, tracks of programming that, mm -hmm. that run concurrently. And uh, I, I did a couple of those myself, and uh, some some of my other friends uh, that were at the convention did them. And it means that uh, there's always something, always something to see at Gallifrey. When you're at the convention, uh, and when when Lewis was asking about the d dividing up the fans into different groups, it seems almost like there's a group of people that you see at all those fan panels, and they're the same group of people that you see every night standing outside the bar. <laughs> so, for, for me, sometimes it's like Gallifrey. It's not. I mean, there are nearly 800 people there this year, and certainly there's the you know the, the 500 you'll get in the main room for the big actors, and and then the smaller group seems oh, sort of the new series people, but it feels almost to me like there's another group of 100, 150 people that I see the most of all weekend, and they're the people, uh, the, the fan debates, the people, they're not, not just listening, but are also contributing and talking and arguing, and, and we did a lot of arguing in some of those panels this year. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to make a point about that, that this is the largest, um, after 18 years of Gallifrey conventions, this is the, the, the largest drawer it had, with um, over 800 people attending, and um, so hats off to Gallifrey One for this. It's... Um, it's great to hear. That's right, and and it's a very, I mean, it's a very consistent. Uh, there, it's the biggest one, but the smallest one I've been to isn't necessarily that much smaller. I think it's all within about a hundred attendees. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they they get they get the solid group out every year, and uh, and 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 yeah, like I said, the 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 I'm I'm a big fan of all the people that come out and and take part, and uh, and argue during the day, and then then have beers all night, and that's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, some some people till five six seven in the morning. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's such a it's such a great atmosphere. I mean, mm -hmm. if if you've never been to a Doctor Who convention, or if you only come to the Doctor Who convention for a day and go home, you know, dinner time, uh, you miss out. There's 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 still a great scene. Uh, they did do they had a, a big stage play this year, which uh, oh, yeah, from the right. offstage yeah. mm -hmm. the offstage theater company, who uh, I understand are quite big at a number of the British conventions. Who did a, a play, and I, I heard positive things from the the people that went to that play. I uh, personally, I, I chose that time as a, a good time to get away from the hotel, go go down to Manhattan Beach and have some dinner, uh, because you don't want to spend. Uh, it's February. I'm from Toronto. I'm in Los Angeles. I want to get outside as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I, I did hear great things about the play. Uh, I understand it went quite long, but was was funny all the way through. Mm. Uh, so uh, hats off to the the Offstage Theater Company as well. Well, sounds like a great time was had by all, and um, I'm looking forward to um, hopefully uh, next year being there in person myself. Yep. Ditto. Yeah, that'd be great. We can get a get a podcasting panel going next year. That would be fabulous. We're, yeah, we're going to do yeah, one this year, but uh, I was the only panelist, so the panel got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> People don't want to come and listen to me speak for an hour, so 
uh, it'd be great to get uh, get a podcasting panel going. Yeah, why not? It, uh, it'd be awesome fun. Well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. We really do appreciate it. And, you know, yeah. since um, James, Ken, and I were not there in person, you were there. You know, we, we feel like we were there through you. So yeah. um, thank you so much. Yeah. Glad to do it. And to tell you, every person that I mentioned Podshock to, every fan knew exactly what I was talking about. Everybody had heard of it, and that's that, that's even even the people that didn't didn't necessarily come up. If I mentioned uh, what I was there for, uh, they all knew Podshock. Oh, that's great! That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. But uh, while we're on the subject of conventions, um, why don't we have a, a, a mini convention wrap up? Because Podshock, speaking of like uh, podcasting panels, uh, Podshock will be at Icon, which is is coming up in. Uh, what's the exact date, Lewis? I know it's sometime in March, but I never Yeah, I believe it's it. March 24th and 25th and 26th, I believe. Let me just uh, confirm that. And, um, so I, might, that might even be the weekend that Doctor Who is being brought That's right, yes. It's the twi- I, I, let me correct that. That's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of March. And um, we're, I, we're scheduled now to be on um, the 24th, which is... Um, by all um, estimates, it was the day of um, Series 3 uh, premiere, you know, we hope. so. But we'll be there uh, prior to the premiere. We'll be there, um, I believe, at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or actually, that's daylight time now. <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds like your panel might be on at the exact time as Doctor Who's being broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll probably be coming on around two o'clock Eastern time. Mm. <laughs> Maybe a little bit later, but yeah, we'll all be there. I'll be there via the wonders of the internet. I guess. James will give us a uh, play-by-play actions of what's going on on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll try not to spoil on the telly. It, but, uh, I'll have my telly on in the background or something, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, obviously we didn't plan it that way, but if it works out that way, it's going to be a interesting um, live uh, recording. And everyone's welcome to attend. If you're attending Icon, that's in Stony Brook, New York. Uh, you're in, you're invited to attend our live recording, and we'll give you further updates on that as we get closer to it. Yes, indeed. And then um, there's a. Uh, Another, well, actually, by the time this podcast goes out, that's going to be too late. They would, uh, discount tickets for Doctor Who in the Cavern comes to an end at the end of February, which is um, just a few days away from the time that we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, it's fairly imminent. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, in May, I believe. Yes, yeah. It was uh, last year, I think. So. Yeah, May 6th. So it's all good. Lots going on. Um, I think that kind of wraps up the the uh, feature segment. Unless uh, we can mm-hmm. think of anything else that we would like to add in the way of conventions or uh, anything else. But I'd just like to echo um, thanks ever so much again, Mike, top man. And uh, I'm sure everybody out there in podcast land is, is also looking forward to your segments where you're interviewing various different people. Um, I believe that, fingers crossed, we have, uh, after the break, we will have Ken coming on board. Yeah, joining us for feedback, yes. Indeed. So uh, let's, uh, without further ado, let's take our short break and be right back. Mm -hmm. Do not move. We will be right back.
This is Glass City, a human settlement on the planet's nocturne. There's a war on, and it's been going on for a long time. And it will continue to go on for a long time to come. Right here, right now, and for a period of about 30 years, human art is flourishing in a way that it will do just a half a dozen times in the entire history of your race. Good evening. Senya Murray is not at home to visitors. Who calls at Senya Murray's house? Who calls at Senya Murray's house? What was that? The wind, or... That wasn't the wind. I've never heard anything like that before. The music. Sound. Art. You what? My dear, everything around us is art in some form or other. There's a deadly force loose in Glass City. An elemental force that is growing stronger and more powerful with every life that it takes. Soon, it will be almost impossible to stop it. Doctor Who, Nocturne, available from Big Finish, www.doctorwho.co.uk. And we are back, Doctor Who Podshot. Ken Deep now jumping in, along with Louis Trapani, James Norton, and uh, Mr. Mike Durin from up north. Mm-hmm. Hello. What's Welcome going on, boys? Well, we're so glad to have you back, uh, Ken. We missed you earlier. What did I miss? Oh, you're going to have to go back and replay the episode back. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Lots of good stuff. Uh, Mike gave us his reflections of um, Gallifrey 2007 and... Um, interesting and fun times were had by all so um we're looking we're really forward to hoping, um next year we're yeah it's, really yeah. hoping that next year we'll be able to uh well we're speculating that it's going to be president's day weekend next year and i believe we had said it was going to be we're speculating it will be march 15th through the 17th february. Uh, february, february yes i'm sorry we were just talking about icon before so my mind was still in march yeah it's february 15th to 18th Mm. It's the convention. Sorry, 15th to 17th. President's Day is the 18th. Yes. Yeah. So they wouldn't extend it to a four-day con for the holiday? Oh. Um, they've done that before. Uh, personally, I wasn't a big fan of it. I like <laughs> My friends and I like to use that day to get out and see recovery. some sights in Los mm. Angeles and, and recover, because yeah. by, the, by the Monday, you're so beat. Yeah. Especially, I went, because uh, I was there from Wednesday to, to late, you know, to, to Tuesday afternoon this year, so... But uh, I, I think you can, you can get most of it done in three days. I think. I'm, I'm a f- mm. not a fan of cons that are over three days, to be honest with you. I've been to a couple that were four days, and by the fourth day, you're just like, okay, I, I, you know. And the only <laughs> part about a long co- convention is that by that third and fourth day, you've really got the gist of the convention down. The first day of a convention is getting to know where everything is and what you want to see. There is like a little bit of a quick learning curve when, I, when you go into a convention. Where is everything? Where's the places I got to get in, get out, buy yeah. things? Mm-hmm. Well, but by the fourth, uh, you're like, oh. Yeah, you're, Ken, you've always said in the past that Sunday, you know, was your favorite day out of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday convention. Well, but mostly because everything is 
very easygoing. You know, that, yeah. that Sunday morning is just it's so a more enjoyable. relaxed atmosphere. A lot yeah. of people I, I, over and they get there late. Sorry, I didn't mention it in my report, but uh, I did say I was down there for a while. Uh, the, the hotel bar had convention people in it from from <laughs> Wednesday night until Monday night. There was still a good crowd of convention people. <laughs> so hey, and, you know, there may not, may not be a dealer's room or panels, but there's still lots of talk about Doctor Who going on a day, a day, day and a half after the convention ends. <laughs> and, and, you, and you can relate that how, Mike? You, is that from personal experience? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was not a single day I was not in the convention bar, including the day when I was at a different hotel for the first night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Doctor Who and beer—it doesn't get yeah. much better than that, does it? To be honest, I, I, I sense a rough, ruddy, and roar podcast somewhere in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ha- you've hit you've hit the uh, the nail on two of James's favorite subjects: beer and Doctor Who. <laughs> James would fit in perfectly then. <laughs> All manner of beer, all manner of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> all manner of crawling across the floor at 5 a.m. for overdosing on, on both areas. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in feedback. Is that, um, is that the case? This is the case. And um, right. first up, we have our regular contributor to our feedback section, is Scott from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I have to preface this with a uh, a bit of a spoiler warning because uh, Scott talks about our previous spoiler-related conversations in uh, earlier Podshock episodes concerning John Sim from um, Life on Mars, uh, possibly uh, as a guest role in Doctor Who. So, um, if you don't want to hear about a possible character that he may be playing, you may want to skip this feedback. This is Scott 750 Scott McCowan of Tulsa. I'm listening to your number 67 Podshock, and of course I'm pausing it on the Cloister Bell section. So I can send this, because you guys are talking about possibly the Master returning. Like I said in the past, I honestly don't think that was the true master in the uh, in the 96 movie. I honestly believe either the Daleks set up an augmented Khaled with just enough master DNA in case they tested him, or in, in case it was a uh, either master Dalek team up or just simply a Dalek attempt to invade Gallifrey, but either way, I honestly don't believe that was the genuine master in the 96 movie. It was just an amalgamated Khaled clone, in a way. Once again, those are my two cents. Getting back to the Cloister Bell section, ciao. That's an interesting take on on the 96 movie, and I you know, I was never a huge fan of Eric Roberts. Uh, <laughs> and, and make that not the real thing is cool with me. <laughs> we were, we're laughing because we were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> Eric Roberts was actually a, a quite interesting guest at Gallifrey uh, this year. So, um, you, you know, I, I know you're probably um, your sentiment is about Eric Roberts being cast as the master, not personally against Eric Roberts himself. No, but, not at all. I, yeah. I'm sure he's actually, he's probably a lot of fun to be quite honest with you, but I've, I felt that way about 
uh, people who I didn't like in shows before. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there, are, there are people, actors that I'm not, uh, I didn't particularly like them in a, a particular show, but I think they're great people. So yeah, yeah. And there are people who I really admire, who I'm sure if I ever got to know them, I think they were jerks. So <laughs> I guess it goes both ways. It certainly works that way. Yes, yeah, sometimes. Um, Again, we can only speculate whether or not even the Master is going to return in the new series, and if he does, how they're going to explain it. Uh, it's not the first time that the Master had seen his end only to return again. Uh, you, you can't keep this guy down. <laughs> I mean, he's already gone through all his regenerations, and he still keeps coming back. So um, I'm sure if, if, if the character does return, uh, there's so many different possibilities. Um, you know, there, there are fans out there that are, and, and some have been posting to our forums that are speculating, you know, that he could um, be an alternative universe master or, you know, um, whatever. You know, it, it, we don't know. Well, it's true. We don't know in the um, alternate reality that uh, the Doctor visited during the Cybermen, uh, Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. We don't know. Perhaps Gallifrey still existed. Well, in that, according you know. to J and uh, not almost said J and T. According to <laughs> Russell that would T. Be interesting. <laughs> well, maybe I had a seance. Beyond he, the grave. <laughs> <laughs> according to Russell T. Davies, he had stated that uh, the, that the time lords don't exist in Pete's world. So, uh, but that does uh, that's not to say that there's not another. Un- I mean, we've already experienced at least two universes in in Doctor Who with. Um, um, Inferno, that, that Earth was is a different Earth than uh, Pete's World's Earth, so uh, you know, it, yeah. you can have an infinite number of universes, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. looking, f- I've got a few theories, we'll see if they pan out as to how they might introduce, if if, if the Master does come back, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe we're going to get a bit of a, a backstory on the Master, maybe even an episode concentrating on the Master before he enters before the doctor encounters him, mm. that's just well, uh, I've got I've got no yeah. no concrete at all information on that. There's just a bit speculation. Of a, yeah. a, a prequel master story would be incredible. A young master would be would be fascinating because we've we really picked up on the master towards the end of his existence. When you think about even the Delgado master wasn't a young master. He was he meant to be you know a few re- regenerations in so. Um, yeah, it was always the, I mean, I guess the fan assumption that um, the Degaro master was in his last regeneration, and that's why um, in Deadly Assassin, we it was the decrepit master, <laughs> you know, it was after he used up all his regenerations, but you don't know how many, he may have regenerated a few times between then, we, you know, there's no official. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it might be interesting to see where, uh, if not the origin, then sort of what the master's been doing uh, for the last couple of years. He's been working uh, at a and burger us, king. Yeah. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> give, yeah, give us some give us some background so that we don't have to have a ton of exposition uh, if and when he enters the, the TV show. Now, Ken, I think it was so. a Taco Bell. That's why they're getting all this bad press lately. Um, <laughs> mild sauce with that. <laughs> Rats, those are my pets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so um, yeah, that's what's great about Doctor Who is that you uh, you know even with rumors, it's fun to kind of speculate and and you know whether that this whether or not this proves to be true or not, it's always fun to kind of speculate and think of these things and wonder how they're going to do that if they do it. Mm-hmm. Going to our email feedback bag, we have um, this is from Jennifer and Jennifer is bringing to our attention. Um, even though we've been reporting about 
uh, PBS stations picking up Christopher Eccleston's series and um, where you, now you can see it on BBC America and on your PBS stations. Um, the Sci-Fi Channel will also has not given up on Christopher Eccleston either because um, she writes in, Hello, I haven't heard this mentioned on the recent Podshocks, uh, but p please feel free to delete or disregard it if it has. I was stalking the Sci-Fi Channel schedule bot recently as I'm in the States, California, and I do not have BBC America. And to my delight and surprise, I have found that the Sci-Fi Channel is running several Doctor Who shows from Season 1, she means Series 1, on Tuesday, March 27th, 2007. Um, and, and she pastes the schedule in the email here. Uh, um, I, but um, definitely calling into... I'm definitely calling into work and getting up early. Thanks for doing the Podshock. It's a great source of information and ideas. Cheers, Jennifer. And the schedule, it, uh, it's another Doctor Who marathon starting on the 27th of March at uh, 8.30 a.m. And I can only assume that's um, Eastern Standard Time, uh, well, by that time, Eastern Daylight Time. But I, I'm not sure. Uh, since she's on California, perhaps these might so be... Tuesday. Yeah, the, per, these might be... Uh, um, um, in her time zone, I'm not sure. Uh, it's starting with uh, The Empty Child, uh, Dr. Dances, Boomtown, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Ways, and then Christmas Invasion and New Earth. So it's actually not just Christopher Eccleston, but it bleeds into the David not Tennant era. Not anymore. Um, well, isn't there an East Coast and a West Coast sci-fi channel feed? There's, a, there's an East Coast and West Coast feed now, isn't there? Uh, I would imagine so. I'm not sure. I know many stations do have that, but I'm not sure whether or not... Um... No, I, I think Sci-Fi does have an East-West. Okay. And there's a Canadian Sci-Fi channel, isn't there? That's um, separate to the U.S. one? Um, no, we, we do have a science fiction cable channel called Space the Imagination mm -hmm. Station. Uh -huh. But there's no... Uh, there's absolutely no connection between Sci-Fi, NBC, Universal, and Space. Now, do, you, do you get the American Sci-Fi channel? No. Oh. no there's, a, there's a UK a sci fi channel, but it's only using yeah. the name and logo, I believe. It does. I don't think it has yeah. any. The programming's very different. The UK, yeah. Uh, yeah, the programming's rubbish, to be honest. Um, oh, so maybe it is the same station. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> they do show a couple of good things. They do show uh, classic episodes of Star Trek on an evening at about 6 p.m., I think, but uh, on weekdays. But. Other than that, it's all complete and utter rubbish, uh, sort of the outer limits style of sci-fi. Um, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, if, if, if that's your cup of tea. It's just uh, not my cup of tea at all, and uh, I don't really think that it fits into the sci-fi genre. I mean, there's nothing on there like the quality that you have in the US, like Battlestar Galactica, for instance. It's on a completely different channel in the UK. So. Yeah. Well, that's the the whole the whole bidding for for programs. I know that when Doc, when New Doctor Who came about, uh, Space really wanted Doctor Who, and I think the mm -hmm. quote we heard from one of their programming people was, you know, we drove a dump truck of money up to the BBC, but you know, the CBC had a bigger dump truck. <laughs> uh, oh. And so you so you get. Uh, Different stations. I mean, I think uh, I, I guess they, they you get them bidding on it. It's why you know the BBC mm. America doesn't get the best BBC shows first. And mm. uh, I think I think Sci-Fi uh, UK Europe though does have Heroes, which which I think is a pretty good show. Right. I, and and I've uh, never seen it. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be getting getting another run on. I think it's BBC Two. 
which oh, will right. increase its exposure. Oh, good. But I'll have to watch uh, out for that. Yeah, maybe one good thing that's on sci-fi over there. <laughs> All righty, well. All right, what else do we have in feedback? Well, this um, I, I, perhaps I should have um, booked. I should have booked end this one with the uh, with the first one that we have from Scott because um, though this one I don't think has any spoilers, but um, it, it is referring to the possibility of Johnson uh, appearing in Doctor Who, and um, this comes from Paul Johnson in Hartford, Connecticut, and he writes. Your mentioning of John Sim appearing in Doctor Who next season reminded me that he played the lead role in a film which I liked very much called Human Traffic. About the mid-90s, uh, this is the film, it's about the mid-90s club rave scene as it's set in and made in Cardiff. There are a couple of other actors who had, a do who had, Doctor, who, had Doctor Who roles as well. Sean Parks, um, who played Zachary Cross Flane, and Helen Griffin, Mrs. Moore, and probably a couple others that I haven't ha that I haven't been astute enough to spot. It would be a great rental for Doctor Who fans. Thanks for your podcast, Paul Johnson, Hartford, Connecticut. And I think yeah. if I'm thinking of the correct movie, isn't Donald Sutherland in that as well? No, no, yeah, I didn't think so. That, was that a different movie? Yeah, I think trafficking? you're thinking of a movie about sort of human trafficking. But this okay. is uh, very much a rave culture movie. Uh, yeah, um, I am DBing it as we speak. Yeah. Of course, John Sim is also in 24-Hour Party People, which is yeah. another great rave culture movie. Yeah. Actually, it's probably a far better rave culture movie in a way, in my opinion. Yeah, that had uh, yeah. uh, Steve Coogan in it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and Christopher Eccleston in a very small role. Oh. But recall, I have to check he, it out again. Well, he plays, he plays an almost invisible-to-see wino on, a, on the street. So uh, is that exactly the same sort of role that he's playing in Heroes, then? Yeah, same exact same look. Because <laughs> that's the look he has in Heroes. Hmm. But, Robert uh, I, Hell, though, is in this uh, Donald Sutherland human trafficking one. It's easy to get confused, though, with uh, a lot of the, the same films out nowadays have very similar titles or very similar themes, so... Oh, well, there's... Uh, uh, Three different movies with the name Body Count, and none of them are <laughs> anywhere close to being uh, similar to each other. You know, hey, we're gonna make a movie. Let's call it Body Count. <laughs> what a great idea! Well, it sounds like uh, just a mindless uh, slasher flick or something. But uh, anyway, do we have anything else in the? Uh... Feedback bag. Joan in Dallas, also known as a constant irritant on our forums, um, writes. And she, she, she wrote a couple, um, but this is one of them. Dear Hi. Casey. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's the other one. Oh. Um, Hi, James, Ken, and Lewis. Please note the alphabetical order so not to play favorites. <laughs> <laughs> the sexy James notes. <laughs> oh, he's so dreamy. A friend <laughs> gave me an interesting book about Doctor Who. It's called... Norton. It's called Back in Time, A Thinking Fan's Guide to Doctor Who. The authors are, are Steve Couch, Tony Watkins, and uh, Peter S. Williams. I flipped through it when I first got it, and it looks very interesting. To quote the, in, the introduction, the first part of this book focuses primarily on the phenomenon of the TV program. Can you tell that it's published in the UK, she writes. Um, while the 
while part two takes a closer look at some of the themes and issues that underpin the program, such as humanity, death, and more. And then she, Joan goes on to, to say, I was impressed that the authors volunteer that because all are Christians, the book reflects that re perspective. However, they say, quote, we are not assuming you share our beliefs. Doctor Who fans are more than familiar with disagreement. Uh, we don't necessarily expect you to agree with our belief any more or less uh, than we expect you to agree with our opinion about the relative merits of various doctors. In our arguments, if our, if our argument stimulates your thinking, whether you agree or not, we feel that it's, we feel our time has been well spent, end quote. I suppose I was impressed because I don't happen to share their beliefs and thought it was amazingly candid and open-minded of them to reveal their viewpoint from the start rather than to spring it upon an unexpected reader halfway through the book. At any rate, it looks like an interesting read. I'm looking forward to doing so. When I've finished it, I'll review it for Podshock if you all would be interested. Please let yeah, me know of if you are. Of Speaking course, be interested. of Podshock, I'm still in the process of catching up with back episodes. I finally made it to July uh, 2006. Hooray! <laughs> and I hope to get them all listened to by the end of the month. I wanted to thank you for the fantastic job you're doing, uh, the fantastic job that you and your foreign correspondents are doing. I enjoyed the news and reviews very much, uh, but what really makes your program shine is the chemistry between the three of you. It's obvious how much you, uh, how much you enjoy not only Doctor Who, but also just hanging out and talking with each other. I feel like I'm eavesdropping on the group of like-minded fans, and I hope to meet in that. I hope to meet one day in person. Okay, enough adulation. Your heads are will swell so that you can't fit into your headphones. <laughs> Take care, Joan and Dallas, also known as constant, constant irritant in the forums. Yeah, that's kind of cool because uh, I think we had another email from her. Um... Yes. Just shortly afterwards, which says, uh, I've been listening to past episodes like mad, and I was thrilled that I was in within five of catching up. And then you went and got back on the weekly schedule again. <laughs> Are you trying to give me a nervous breakdown? <laughs> and at the time, she was about halfway through episode 59, give or take. And I, I should have uh, mentioned that the subject line is, could you get behind schedule again, please? <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the first time I think that we've ever had a listener email in and say, uh, "Slow down." It is how our schedule is going too fast. But there we are. Usually, people complain that episodes are, you know, really uh, late or, or uh, uh, take longer to, to produce than uh, one might think. Well, we you never know when life is going to swing uh, swing us at something that you know that delays the program. So, um, and we you know for, we don't do this often enough, but uh, from from James and I, Lewis, uh, we have to say uh, again, thank you for the, the time that you put in. Of course, you know, yeah. putting in track together. I mean, you know, it's generally perceived that the three of us are are you know pod shock, but but to be quite honest with you, without Lewis's uh, tireless efforts in putting this all together, uh, James and I would would be just, you know, out left out in the cold. It's really Lewis that that puts everything together. So you know, yeah, we it both is. James He's... and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, mate. Of course, he goes above yeah. and beyond the call of duty. Uh, many nights uh, editing into the very very early hours of the morning, if not the next morning. Yeah. 
and and each time I say this is it, I'm never doing this again. And then the following week, I'm next week. (laughs) (laughs) There I am, in the wee hours of the morning. Well, thank you so much. And uh, of course, uh, the feeling's mutual because, um, you know, you two are most, you know, as much as the part of the show as anything. And um, I wouldn't be able to do it without you two. So um, it's, a, it's a mutual feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a, a uh, feedback, if I may. Sure. Uh, sure. Sarah, who was on last week's show, said, hey, she sent this, uh, by the way, through myspace.com. It says, hey, it's Sarah from Australia slash Ireland. And just for the record, I am from Australia, and I'm over here in Ireland. Thanks for answering my question. So thanks, Sarah. Yeah, we should yeah. kind of uh, recap that last episode. We weren't sure. She said she was an exchange student from Australia slash Ireland. So I wasn't sure how it, you know, which if she was coming from one or, you know, and either one's no. very impressive. Yes. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, and you know, we're at episode 69, which means next episode is episode 70. And why is that special? Well, it's the it deadline. Isn't. Well, oh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the deadline for the, the Doctor Who Podshock Create Your Mashup Promo um, hmm. exposition type thingy. Yeah. This has been so. This has been so much fun. It's it yes, really it has, has been. Yeah. It's we have gotten some really great um, entries, and we, we can't wait to start uh, playing them on the show, which will probably be next episode. And, you know uh, what? I think we're going to stall episode seventy just so we can get more entries. Well, it, it uh, well, I'm sure Joan Constant Erinter would be very pleased if we did. <laughs> it gives her a chance to catch up <laughs> on these episodes. <laughs> we're giving her a nervous breakdown, so. Um, <laughs> Well, we're, it really, really has been uh, extraordinary. Uh, some people doing alternate mixes of, of uh, similar themes, and uh, we got one just the other day, the, the sexy James one. Really, <laughs> really very funny. Can't play. Can't wait to play that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wish we could showcase some of these because they are. I that last one had me in tears um, just listening to yeah. it. So. Uh, We've had some terrific entries, but we'd like some more because, um, mm. you know, the more the better and the more difficult it will be, I have to say, for us to pick a winner. But um, nevertheless, yeah. the talent has just been unbelievable. And we, you know, it's an iPod up for grabs, but I'll, I'll put a reminder up on the website about it and uh, maybe we'll, we'll delay uh, the. Uh, deadline a little bit to give people a chance to uh, throw in some entries here and there because of course uh, you know if, if people are a little bit delayed and haven't heard about this then which is quite often the case I think because we do do we're quite prolific and do quite long podcasts so uh, we'll really? uh, we'll see how it goes I think yeah I think I, we are quite prolific nope. really long <laughs> <laughs> we just hear it every single time <laughs> That's right. But I've I've got one uh, quick email actually, sure. guys, because I know that was uh, going to be the the announcement. I don't know if you guys said this on uh, last week's show, but I thought it was it's short and sweet and quite funny. And it's uh, from uh, a regular listener called Jill, and the subject is is Prime Evil, uh, and she says, "Don't worry about Prime Evil." 
as soon as it, it, it gets popular, Michael Grade will cancel it. <laughs> of course, because uh, Michael Grade is now uh, the uh, the chair of, of ITV, where Primeval is screened. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I just uh, noticed it now in my inbox. So uh, there we go. Cheers, Jill. Very funny. Thank you for uh, catching that one there, James. I, yeah. It's occasionally emails slip through our fingers, but we always do try and read out every single one. Obviously, we don't get the chance to, to reply to every single one. This is how we respond to them here on the show, because just we are flooded with emails every single Yes, and, be, week and, and if we don't pl- you know, read your or play your email, don't think of anything ill of it. It's just that we do get so many, and we just can only yeah. play, put so much in each show. So uh, keep yeah. sending them in. We, we definitely read them all, and um, you know, it, it, we, we do appreciate them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm but, just ever... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just amazed at the amount of feedback that comes in. I, I've never expected it in my wildest dreams, and uh, and it's it's constant too. And you guys have noticed that. We it's not like well, the show first started it, you know, it was a lot, and then it leveled off. We've been getting the same, if not more, email every week for the last how long we've been doing this? Almost two years now, and yeah. it's great. It really is. It's just it, it's nice to know that we, you know, we've been volunteering our time for almost two years, and, and people actually like the show. I can't believe it. <laughs> but uh, if you do want to send us some feedback, and we strongly suggest that you do, because it's as much our pod shock as it is yours. Um, Absolutely. There are loads of different ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, the main one, of course, is just just simply send us an email at uh, feedback at podshock.net. Uh, failing that, there's always the uh, public call box, which if you're in the USA, you can give a call, and that number is uh, 888-206-888-4946, or the last digits are are for who, uh, to make life easy to remember, even though I can't remember the the blinking thing. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, But if you can't remember that, if you're a bit dim like me, then uh, if you have the Gizmo Project or Skype, you can send us voicemail there. Uh, the uh, username is just simply PodShock. Mm-hmm. Uh, all one word, all lowercase. So shock the pods and uh, send us some interesting uh, reviews or comments. We always love receiving your stuff. But you can also send your promo uh, mashups um, entries into those th- those means as well. Feedback at PodShock.net or... Um, or the, or the other ways as well. You can um, send in your audio. Please do. Yeah, please do. Uh, one final mention uh, about uh, our good mate Mike. He has very kindly um, uploaded some yes, very right. wonderful pictures onto the media gallery um, on our website of, of in the cast and crew section. On the um, 18th Amendment of Gallifrey One. Ex- exactly. Right. And... Just to remind people out there about Ken's challenge, or well, maybe I should let Ken remind you about. Well, this isn't it kind of late challenge. now? Unless they already, you know, took the pictures. They can't, you know, unless they have a toddler, well, they, they can go back I, in time and take pictures. I guess just to remind. <laughs> well, people just a reminder that if you in. did take them, that you know, we'd we'd like to see them. If you took a picture, a photograph with any of the casting crew uh, in your Podshock uh, swag, T-shirt, sweatshirt, whatever you may have. I don't care if you held up a mug or a keychain with. Jock on it, we would count it. But uh, I do have this um, lost, uh, lost in time box set 
sitting here uh, available for someone who what did I say was the full full cast or the most the as most many cast? as many as possible ah. I guess yeah all right we got a, a ton of, of uh, photographs last year so I'm keeping my fingers crossed for this year yeah, there were yeah. people at the convention in Podshock gear woohoo they, they were seen <laughs> really but, uh, so some somebody should have got something mm. well, all right wow. well you know who you so, are if you're out there make this lost <laughs> set lost no more you'll have it in your hands yeah Indeed. give it a good home would you mm. yeah 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 but we're gonna have to make it out to this thing next year guys i'm really excited about it already i mean it's all right i'm gonna away. throw i'm gonna throw an idea your way then what if next february we make what is that that'll be the 19th gallifrey convention yeah what if that was the first time that the three of us were in the same place at the same time do you think that, that would, would be, be something awesome. like good something that would be interesting and i think that's something that people would uh, want to see quite frankly if we recorded the show together for the first time the three of us all in the same place live at the convention with the fans oh, yeah. just hit the record button like we're going to be doing icon but obviously it's a, you won't a little be bit there. more we're going to get ready for outpost gallifrey uh, the 19th amendment i guess so um, it'll be great i'll be there Sean would be there as well, and and so would Mike. I mean, we have a ton of yeah. people. Um, who else goes that are uh, of our regulars? Uh, does uh, does Colin ever go out to to? Uh... I don't think so. I don't know it's whether he, he has. Yeah. If he has, he's never mentioned. How about Taras? Taras might be there. I don't know. But I don't think right. like the sort of thing. I think he goes. Yeah. There, there are a couple yeah. of some of the Doctor Who New York guys, uh, James and David, yes, no, John and David. John and, John and David, yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw them uh, there both years. They, in fact, asked if we were going, and unfortunately, um, I, you know, due to scheduling, I couldn't go. And... But yeah, I think we've got a year to plan it. So if we say we're definitely going to go, we've let the listeners know well in advance that we are going. And uh, Start it's going to be nickels in a jar right now. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Please send your donations. <laughs> yeah, not only that, I may have to look for another job, depending. But who knows? <laughs> get get <No>. Podshock <laughs> to L.A., please. Yeah. <laughs> I can see having sort of a Blue Peter style totalizer, where the we're getting the planes across the U.S. or the planes across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the length of the plane, obviously, denoting. Uh, how much money has been raised? That'd be quite funny. <laughs> no, I'm I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Or like not, here in the states stuff. on the PBS stations that used to show Doctor Who will give you for a sixty dollar donation this uh, Podshock mug, <laughs> <laughs> and for a hundred and twenty dollars we'll throw the keychain in with it. <laughs> We're generous guys. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what name they come up with also for the convention next year. So it's as they. They, they, they seem to they get a theme every year. So, my vote is for nineteenth nervous breakdown. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's mine. This, this the the eighteenth amendment was of course a tribute to prohibition. So right, I'll, yes, yeah. that ties into the whole pub bar scene. Yeah, it, it, it didn't actually work out very well. Uh, although if, if if you believe what you're told, there was more drinking during prohibition. This is true. So, yeah. uh, I think the nineteenth amendment was to grant women the right to vote. So that's probably not a good theme for a convention. Well, you never know. I'll, they're not only what two years away from the the big twentieth anniversary gala. I'm sure they're really going to make a splash with that one as well. Oh yeah. It'll be called what, the five in terms doctors. of beer, or just generally. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 
Sean has said that uh, there may not be 18 more Gallifreys, but there'll certainly be a few more. Mm. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, that would be a shame have, if that yeah. stopped. I mean, uh, you know, there, we don't really have enough Doctor Who, um, primarily Doctor Who conventions in the States. There's yeah, only a handful got, you, of them left. You've got the Chicago TARDIS, and, that's, and then you have the sea cruises, and technically that's not in the States, <laughs> even though it may yeah, be even I mean, port in the States. Up in, in Massachusetts, there's always a Doctor Who guest. At the, at the con up in Springfield, yeah. at a United Fan Con, which is great. It always sh- same with like Dragon Con. Many times down in Atlanta, we'll show some love and have a Doctor Who guest, but it's not primarily a Doctor Who convention. Yeah. Mm. So there there aren't that many left, and it would be sad if if uh, you know if we weren't out there supporting it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can make next year uh, even bigger than this year as a set a new record for Gallifrey. Uh-huh. Yeah, That'd be let's cool. hope so. 900 as opposed to uh, 800. That would be brilliant. Yeah. But anyway, guys, I guess we've rambled on for yes. long enough. Okay. Be I don't want to about... get in trouble with anybody for that either, you know. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Colin's on our... The, the ghost of... Well, not that he's dead or anything like that. <laughs> The, the spirit of Colin is, um, is here. Like, hurry up, hurry up. Shorter shows, shorter shows. <laughs> well, is that it in All feedback? Right. Have we covered our, our feedback? We, we fed our back and we're set to oh, go. Boy. The puns <laughs> so, are coming in now. It's that late. You can tell it's late in the recording when <laughs> Lewis's puns come out. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we shall bid everyone adieu. And uh, Mike, thank you once again for joining the program. Of course. It's always a delight to have you on board. And we do appreciate you being our eyes, ears, and mouth at Gallifrey One, the 18th Amendment. Uh, It's great to get your feedback on that. And we're looking, we're eagerly looking forward to your uh, interviews. And um, that's forthcoming. Yeah, tough job, but somebody had to do it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you were the right man for the job. Thank you so much. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. So cheers, listeners, as well. Thanks for listening, and catch you next time. Yes. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Right. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyandEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net Yes, but listen, never mind about that. I've got a job for you. Now, you've always wanted to be a bloodhound. Negative, Justin. Yes, you have. Yes, you have.